Hello and welcome to the Answers for Cancers podcast. I am your host, Anne-Marie Fay, And I'm Michelle Matthews. Together with some of Ireland's leading experts, we want to unravel what it truly means to have cancer. From consultant diagnosis to treatment plans, from managing your symptoms to supports available, we have it covered. So whether you're a nurse working in oncology or have been personally affected by cancer, this podcast is for you. The Answers for Cancers podcast is sponsored by CarePlus Pharmacy. CarePlus Pharmacy is Ireland's leading community pharmacy brand, offering expert advice and services for a healthier and happier you. Find your nearest CarePlus on www.careplus.ie or follow them on social media for health and wellness inspiration and tips. Our Cancer Support is a registered independent Irish charity founded in 1994. Their goal is to provide psychological, emotional, educational and practical support in a warm and welcoming environment to people with cancer and to those who care for them. They help give you the support that you need to enhance your coping skills and to improve your quality of life while you try to navigate your way through a cancer diagnosis. Today we meet with Yvonne Lucas who is the service manager in ARC and she talks to us about what her role is and also the different services that are available. And she also talks to us about the impact COVID-19 has had on the service. So this episode is an overview of ARC in general and the services that they provide, but we will be covering each of them in more detail in the coming weeks. Um, we would like to take just this opportunity to acknowledge and thank ARC for all the hard work they've done in the last year to adapt their service um, in the current climate to ensure that anybody with a cancer diagnosis still has a place to turn to for support. And as always, we'd like to thank you for tuning in every week and supporting our podcast. We really do appreciate it. So please do enjoy our podcast and reach out as always if you've any questions um, and we will do our very best to get back to you as soon as possible. Enjoy. Uh, so, hello, Yvonne, and welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Um, I'd just like to start with a little bit about yourself. So, can you just tell me a little bit about your role here and how you became interested in the area of cancer-related support? Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks for having ARC Cancer Support along to your podcast. My role in ARC is services manager. So, I lead the services team in... Um, delivering services um, across the range of services that we have for our clients, um, people with cancer and their families, and um, and also developing new services. So listening to client feedback, uh, what the gaps are, uh, what needs might be unmet, and then trying to find ways to, to support clients with uh, new and um, emerging services. So like everybody in ARC, whether we're a staff member or volunteer, uh, one of the members on the board, one of our therapists, or one of the many people who support us with fundraising and, and donations. Um, all of our lives will have been touched by cancer in some way, either directly or through family or friends. So it's a real privilege to be able to do a job and to work for an organisation that supports people um, through a very difficult, difficult time in their lives. So it's very rewarding and we all really value what we do mm. and you can really tell that you really value what you do I know we had a conversation it was a week or two ago and you could just hear it through your through our conversation how much you really value working here and I know I can speak on behalf of every patient that I meet that has been through the service here they speak so so highly of all of you and your clients so thanks for all the work that you do it's really really uh, important work and yeah thank you on behalf of all of the staff because it really helps yeah. us in our role as well so thank you thank you it's great to be part of that work team mm. and to know that we can work with 
healthcare professionals such as yourselves to support yeah. clients. Mm-hmm. I think your job is on the medical side and then we can support really on the psychological, emotional and some of the social side mm-hmm. as well that, that people also need. There's a huge amount of support needed for everybody during mm-hmm. this time, I think, in their lives. And we so. actually just had um, a bit of yes. No, uh, yeah, yesterday we released an episode with a patient um, who was talking about surrogacy and her surrogacy journey. And at the end, we were just speaking to her and we said, was there any particular supports that you found um, helpful? And she said, yeah, Arc House. She got an incredible amount of support from Arc House when she was going through it. So it was brilliant. Thank Thanks you. for the <laughs> feedback. It's lovely to hear the positive feedback. Um, but we have a great team, you know, said we have. We have so many people who are part of the ARC team besides the ARC, the ARC staff. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in here, you're in the drop-in centre today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, clients will meet volunteers. They will meet with our therapists and well-being practitioners when they're um, engaging with a service. Um, and just, it, we couldn't do it, I think, it, without the support of everybody involved. Um, and that includes yourself. So, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. um, so Yvonne, we might start with some of the basics. What is our cancer support? And um, is it a charity? Is it a business? And is there a payment involved for patients and their families trying to avail of the service? So our cancer support service is a completely uh, free of charge service available to anybody going through cancer themselves. So patient with a diagnosis their family members, friends, uh, carers, and also healthcare professionals, um, such as yourselves. And our services are provided in, uh, you're in our Eccles Street um, support centre uh, this afternoon, but the services are provided in a very homely, non-clinical setting. So it's really important that people are able to come in, feel very relaxed, feel very much at home, um, whilst engaging with our services. So. Um, we, we work very hard to provide the kind of cosy environment that you're, yeah. you find yourselves in today. We're a charity. Um, we receive a small amount of funding uh, from the HSC and most of our income comes from independent fundraising. I can definitely feel what you mean about the homey environment. This is this is definitely the yeah, nicest space we've recorded so far. I can understand why patients feel so at home here because coming from, I suppose, like the clinical setting from the hospital, coming over here, like automatically, even me coming from work today, I just felt automatically relaxed. So yeah. it's really inviting and relaxing, which I think is really important when you're coming to a place like this to open up. And um, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Really it is. Nice. It's a very stressful time for people mm. in their lives. And I think it's really important that they come in and they just feel like they're at home. Yeah. And can be supported in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So touching on services, what kinds of supports and services do ARC offer for patients? So we offer offer. <laughs> <laughs> we offer a wide range of services across the um, psychological, emotional and uh, support, social and educational um, spectrum. So everything from counselling, and that's one of um, our core services, through to uh, support groups, which is a really important way for people to meet others going through similar experiences as, as themselves. And that peer support is, is, is really crucial. Um, through to well-being services such as um, mindfulness, yoga, stress management, relaxation classes that are really important for helping people to build uh, resilience and and to build their coping skills and just to manage a lot of the stress that's associated with um with a cancer diagnosis we also run a lot of um educational talks and workshops and there are a number of courses that run on a regular basis so anything from stress management courses through to mindfulness courses courses that help people get back to work after they've um come through uh, the other side of their cancer journey 
courses to help people who have uh, perhaps diagnosis of secondary cancer so they have a long term mm -hmm. they'll be living with, with cancer longer term to make the most of their lives and to uh, to really live life in the fullest way that they can um, courses for people uh, who are just really getting back on their feet after um, the cancer journey so we also run the cancer thrive and survive mm. um, program and a number of other ones um, from time to time as well so really broad range of, of services there to meet different needs mm. and are those services available for family members as well or is that yes so so the, some of the courses I just mentioned uh, are more suitable for people who have um, had a cancer diagnosis themselves but most of our services are available for family members mm. so certainly the counseling service the um, the well-being classes uh, a lot of the talks and um, workshops that we run are suitable for family members and carers as well in fact we actually run um, carers courses as well for people supporting somebody with cancer and we recently introduced support groups for family members as well so we mm -hmm. have a family and carers support group which was um, introduced last month um, and a new bereavement support group as well which ran for the first time in the last month. Mm. So we're constantly updating our services, mm. um, as I said, based on the feedback that, that people are giving us and the gaps that mm. they're, they're finding in, yeah. in terms of supports out there. And how would people access these services? Do they contact you directly or what's the best way for them to find out what's available? Yeah, there's no referral required. So people can give us a call on our phone number, which is 012150250. Or uh, they can email us at info at ourcancersupport.ie and just let us know mm -hmm. if there's a particular mm -hmm. service that they're interested in or if they'd like somebody to contact them yeah. to talk them through the different services and what might be appropriate or maybe where the best starting point might be um, for, for any individual. And that's something that we're hoping to um, bring in as part of our service in the next month or so as well, which is really that hand-holding, mm -hmm. very um, personalized support through the service because what we find is and at research a lot of we did a lot of research in the last year or so which confirmed this when people first get a cancer diagnosis either themselves or, or a close family member it's very overwhelming mm. um, they don't know where to start they actually don't know often what supports they need what supports are available so we hope to be able to offer a little bit more proactive support mm -hmm. to to help people identify what they need at any particular point in time depending where they are themselves that's really good resource to have i think like you said it's this shock factor isn't it, at the beginning and uh, like we say we always talk about dr google but there's so much online that it's so hard to navigate your way through the very beginning of the diagnosis really isn't it so absolutely to and have something yeah. there that's going to help you navigate your way is is invaluable really absolutely we hope so because mm. certainly when you see a very comprehensive list of services which is what you'll see when you look at our website or when mm. you look at um even you know what's on in the next month um it's just that what do I need today where do yeah. I start mm. you know you can't do it all at, at one time mm -hmm. and what one person needs will be very different to what somebody else needs and it's really trying to listen initially mm. and see where, yeah. where somebody is at are they very stressed and overwhelmed are they very clear about what they need at some point are they ready to talk do mm. they need to uh, connect in with other people who've been on the journey maybe for a little bit longer than them um, is it something to just help ground them and build mm. some resilience? That's mm. the starting point. Mm -hmm. And 
we certainly um, will do our best to try to help people to find their way. Mm, sounds like you really have a lot of it covered. Um, and then is there any programmes for children or teenagers? So under normal <laughs> normal circumstances, um, as in pre-pandemic times, mm-hmm. we would have run a programme for uh, children who had a, a significant adult in their life, whether it be a parent or uh, maybe an aunt or grandparent diagnosed with cancer, called Climb for Kids. And that's for um, uh, children age six to 11. Mm. And um, that's currently suspended because of, um, I guess we're working remotely at the moment, but it is something we plan to introduce later in the year. And we would also hope to introduce a play therapy service for uh, younger children later in the year as well. There is some uh, counselling available for adolescents um, at the moment, but it's currently available remotely only. And that's something that we'll take in on a face-to-face business, business on a face-to-face basis mm-hmm. later on in the year when we're able to do so. Brilliant. And touching off that there, like how has COVID impacted your services? Um, it's been really interesting. So um, the centres have had to close and have been closed for most of the year since uh, March, the middle of March last year, as have, um, as have many other services. Um, we moved very quickly in to take our services online. So by the end of March, early April, most of our services were available remotely, either by telephone or um, we used the Zoom platform for things like our group activities and classes. Um, and actually, it's proved really, really useful and helpful for clients um, to be able to engage with us from the comfort and safety of their own home. So I think it's taken away a lot of the stress of um, having to leave home and come out, you know, in, into into a clinical environment, which our, our environment isn't. But there's always that worry about going anywhere where other people might be, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. for anybody who's vulnerable because of their um, a cancer diagnosis at the moment. And then also what we found is because it's so accessible um, to be able to, you know, dial in for for a class or um, speak to somebody, you know, from home, uh, our clients are using our services more often. So whereas previously somebody may have come for an appointment for counselling or maybe attended a class when they were in the hospital and maybe come out afterwards and it was convenient for them um, or maybe they were able to get to a centre once a week. What we're finding now is that clients maybe are engaging through in three or four services at any one time. So they may be engaging in counselling and attending wellbeing classes and perhaps one of our courses and a support group. Mm-hmm. And that's actually really important because integrative wellbeing um, care and, and, and support is a really important, I think, part of the the oncology support model Mm -hmm. and any one service by itself will offer a significant level of support but when you have access to a number of them at the same time it really offers people a lot of extra benefit in terms of building coping skills and resilience Mm. so actually what we've there's been a lot of learning in it for so what we have recognized now is there's a real there's a real place for remote services the only thing that we've really not been able to translate on online would be the the, the physical walk uh, walk-in drop-in centre, and we are hoping to um, we're planning to launch a, a virtual drop-in uh, towards the end of the month where somebody can connect in through a video call if they want to have that initial chat with us, or make an appointment and and we will contact them either by phone or or video to have that first chat. 
um, the touch therapies unfortunately can't be offered mm. remotely things like acupuncture and reflexology you need to um, you know you need that contact with the individual um, and some of the children's services as well haven't really um, been able to to translate online we are planning to uh, try to support parents more um, over the coming months while, until we can reintroduce uh, some of the children's services by, I suppose, equipping them to support the kids at home if they're struggling mm-hmm. um, because somebody in the family has cancer and that's through things like talks and workshops and support groups mm. um, that are there. So when we reopen our doors, which we're looking forward to doing, hopefully um, uh, maybe around summertime, it depends on how the vaccination rollout goes, what would we, we would be expecting is to have a blended service going forward where clients can choose how they access service, whether it's a class or counselling or a course um, that they take from home mm-hmm. and they, they do it remotely or whether they walk into the centre um, and have that face-to-face contact. So I think it's been really valuable, actually. COVID yeah. has given us something in a way because it's shown us, this is a bit of a no-brainer, why didn't we think of it mm-hmm. before? Yeah. Um, and what we find is people are able to engage when they're not feeling so well, mm-hmm. if they're in treatment, uh, mm-hmm. they don't have to leave the house, so they're less likely to need to cancel an appointment. Um, and as I said, the, the, the service is so much more accessible. We even have people, um, considerably more people outside of Dublin engaging with us now regularly. So we would have always had clients coming to the centres who lived outside of Dublin. Again, usually when they were visiting a hospital uh, for an appointment, they, they pop in afterwards. Mm. Whereas now about 25% of um, our weekly visits are from people who live outside of Dublin, outside of Ireland even. That's amazing. Um, which is amazing. Yeah. Irish people just being able to access that support. Mm, um, you know, we have people in <laughs> France, Belgium and the Middle East. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Know, <laughs> sounds like you've worked so hard to get what people need out there, even though they can't come in. We have worked very hard and to it's a credit to the, the team and all of our therapists and the volunteers who've been able to, like yourselves, with your microphones <laughs> and, and, you know, doing a podcast. <laughs> Um, learn new skills and deliver service in a different way. But clients have come with us on that journey, you know, Mm. and we could be sitting here with all the technology around us and everything set up. And if clients weren't prepared to take the risk to try something new or to offer themselves support in a different way, um, we wouldn't be very busy. Mm. And actually what we found last year is we had about a 35% increase in terms of the overall number of interactions we would have had with clients compared to the previous year mm. when the doors were open. Um, so, yeah, definitely going forward, we've, we'll have we'll be learning from this and taking the, the best of COVID yeah. learnings with it's us. It's great to think that you yeah. have adapted and you're going to continue to do that because what I'm finding with some patients that they, even with the vaccine rollout, I don't think they're, some of them don't won't, won't ever feel comfortable again going into big groups and rooms yeah. and things like that. So to know that this service is going to be there is great because I actually think people's mentality is sometimes have ch- has changed because of covid you know that kind of way so absolutely and cancer patients are always vulnerable you yeah know, when you're in treatment in mm. particular you know you're immunocompromised you're yeah. stressed and yeah. um again as, as i said it's when you look back now it's like why didn't we think of it before, before yeah you know? it's like our podcast so many people have said how have we not thought about doing something like this before but it's like yeah. like you're you're hit with something like a pandemic and you either adapt and make solutions or we yeah. don't and it's yeah, yeah. It's, 
we've, we've just made the best of it like before sure. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. And yeah again it's so accessible and you're mm. bringing information to people's homes or their cars yeah. or wherever they might choose to listen in yeah. that they mightn't have been able to access before so yeah. i think we'll all be very happy to see the end of the pandemic and we'll all Absolutely. be very happy to yeah. but <laughs> you know the 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 world will be very different in terms of i think all of the new ways that we have yeah. to to relate Absolutely. and interact i think personally and professionally we've all learned an awful lot about ourselves personally and professionally like I said so yeah it's yeah. um you can, we can just take the, the positives I suppose as much as possible really from it can we absolutely and how do you find the response has been to use moving uh, to your services online has there been a positive reaction to that really positive really positive so as I mentioned we have we have a lot more people engaging with us more regularly mm-hmm. and using more services and using um uh I suppose not needing that the the cancellation perhaps in the day that they're not um they're not feeling so well i think what we have we we have certainly felt is a little bit of that hesitation to get started um and we know that even even um when the doors were open here in the center you know clients will have told us that they walked past our door umpteen times before they felt like they they could knock on it or Mm -hmm. they could you know walk in to talk to somebody um I think it's another ask then over and beyond that when you're asking somebody to, to make a phone call or to um, to to get in touch by email for the very first time because there isn't that face-to-face element. element. But we do our very best to make it easy. Mm-hmm. So once you do pick up the phone, what we would say is we will do it. We will do the work from there. You know, mm-hmm. we're here to listen. Um, we'll listen to what you have to say. And about... I. I'm going to say about 25-30% of our calls now um, are support calls. The initial call is very similar to what somebody might have experienced when they walked in the door to the drop-in centre. You know, somebody listening to them, somebody listening to their anxieties, giving them space to talk about their upset, if it's a recent diagnosis or their confusion or their anger or whatever it might be that they're experiencing on the day, and then linking them in with a service or somebody else who'll who'll take things forward with them from there mm. um when the telephone used to be about you know almost like a reception function and transferring calls around it's not like that at all now there's one number somebody will answer somebody will give you as much time as you need mm. on that call if it's just an inquiry and you just want a straightforward answer that's fine mm-hmm. um but if you want someone to to talk to you and listen to you that's available also and if we, we're not there to take your call when you phone uh, leave a message and we'll call you back mm-hmm. i think it's really important to say that like that first phone call is is so difficult to make really so isn't difficult. it yeah. and i know i have conversations with patients and they'd say oh i'm gonna do it tomorrow or and then they come the yeah. next week and they're gonna do it tomorrow kind of thing you know it's it's such a hard phone call to make because it's, it's nearly like yeah. an acceptance of i need a bit of support you know it's really it really is and we're we're so aware of that and mm. as you said you're not going to get I, I know one person and it was very interesting said that they they didn't phone because they thought um they just be, they had already spoken to so many people and they'd they'd phone to ask a question they'd be bounced around to different departments yeah. and they almost imagined just being like a call center mm. and you know it's it's not like that at all mm. in fact if any at the moment it's people sitting in their living rooms you yeah. know answering the calls from home um and there to give you as much time mm-hmm. you know as as you actually need so please do you know mm. take that first step make that first call mm. and as i said we'll do our very best to make it easy for you and mm-hmm. figure it out from 
from that point onwards. Mm-hmm. I think even listening to you speak today, anyone listening will feel much more confident, co- confident and comfortable to pick up the phone now. Definitely. For sure. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of our volunteers um, mm-hmm. have been with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. And as I said, everybody, we all understand what it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, not everybody who's in ARC has had cancer themselves. Mm-hmm. Many people who work with us, you know, have had that um, experience. But we all have been touched by it. We all mm. know the human side of it and yeah. you know how that um, impacts us. And also we're all at a point where we're able to give something back and create that space for somebody else to re- receive support that would have been important, mm-hmm. you know, along individual journeys, you know, that we may have experienced as well. So it's not about, um, you know, if you're, if you're meeting a volunteer, you're meeting somebody else who, who or speaking to them on the phone, I'm saying meeting, but that's what it feels like these days or, mm. or on Zoom. <laughs> They're not going to be telling you their story, no. but you can trust that they under, they will have a better understanding of yours mm-hmm. because of what they've been through themselves in yeah. one way or another. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to that conversation in just a minute. I just want to take a moment to talk to you about hay fever, something that I have suffered with for many years now. Are you concerned about the overlap of symptoms between hay fever and COVID-19? Did you know that you can contact your local CarePlus pharmacist over the phone for advice on how to distinguish between the two and for recommendations on the best over-the-counter treatments for your allergies? You can also check out our helpful guide on CarePlus website, which is careplus.ie, that shows which symptoms come under which condition. Now back to our conversation. Brilliant. And... um just one question that we have here that we sometimes hear from patients is oftentimes that we hear some patients say that counselling isn't for them and that they're not ready to talk about their diagnosis. Is there services that you would offer here um, that patients could get instead of counselling? Is there other services that you would recommend? Absolutely. Counselling is a really important part of our service, mm-hmm. but it's one of many services, you know, that we have to offer. Um, not everybody is ready for counselling, but not everybody needs counselling either. You know, mm. and it's very much an individual. Um, it's very much an individual choice and experience as to to whether somebody opts for that service. But we have so many other services that can support people um, in really valuable ways. So I mentioned I mentioned um, things earlier like mindfulness and stress management, yoga, relaxation classes. And, you know, you might have somebody say, well, I've just been diagnosed with cancer or my husband has just been diagnosed with cancer. What's the relaxation mm-hmm. class going to do for me? Or how can yoga help? But actually they help enormously because they they work with the body. Every thought that you have, every worry that you have, everything that, you know, you're, you're scared about, that's internalized in your body. And that's where we hold our stress. That's where we actually hold a lot of our upset. Um, and those um, physical exercise classes and the relaxation classes, the mindfulness classes, they give you a whole new set of tools to manage upset, to manage distress, to find a little calm and ease in the body, to learn almost how to settle yourself, how mm. to um, how to take that pause moment and take a breath, um, so you respond rather than reacting, um, or if you're spiraling just feeling very overwhelmed and very out of control just to bring you back to a more grounded level place that is gold when you're trying to deal with Mm, um you know big emotional upset and it's really important on a physical level as well for um as part of the recovery journey because when your body is calm and easy and relaxed and you feel um more resilient and resourced in yourself you're better able to manage treatments you're better able to Mm. your immune system will be better supported 
Um, so you can't really underestimate the, the value of some of those activities. Mm. Um, they're available, available on a weekly rolling basis, you know, and for as long as somebody might benefit for them. And again, I'd always say try something and decide if it's not for you Yeah. It, from experience rather than just making an assumption. Um, and I have to say I'm a convert to all of these things myself. Mm. I used to be kind of quite skeptical about you know, the power benefit of, of things like yoga and mindfulness until I experience them. And, you know, just in terms of work stress or anything else, they're, they're very beneficial, um, you know, to the point where I ended up sort of becoming uh, a yoga teacher myself and people who would have heard, you know, were like, you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but actually, they're really, 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 um, really helpful. Yeah. Um, to people. So I would encourage anybody to try and then decide if it's not for you, but mm -hmm. try it yourself. Um, the support groups are amazing for people who um, they're all support led. Or sorry, they're all peer led, but uh, facilitated or co-facilitated by a therapist. So there's a really nice combination of somebody there who's gone through or going through or maybe a different place in the journey to you if it's a, a, a cancer specific support group like we have a, a breast cancer support group we have one for prostate cancer for myeloma for stoma um and then we have other support groups as well for some of the newer ones we've introduced would include family and carer support group mm. uh, a parent support group so that would be for parents who either have cancer themselves or their partner has cancer and they're trying to parent school-aged children, mm. you know, just about some of the things that might come up for their kids or themselves in terms mm. of the conflict of trying to put themselves first and, and mind their kids at the same mm. time. There's a bereavement support group. Um, we're even introducing one this month, um, again, because of, a, of the need, and it's living with cancer through COVID. And it's literally just all of the extra worries and concerns that are out there mm. in your head and your experience mm -hmm. because COVID exists in the world at a time that you're feeling very vulnerable. Um, and for people who didn't maybe fall into one of the categories of the other support groups mm -hmm. where, you know, there's also a men's support group. Um, but if you're not a man and you don't have prostate cancer or breast cancer, or one of the others mm -hmm. that I mentioned, and mm. you didn't fall into the families, um, this is one where you may find actually there's a lot of support for you. Mm. So it's it, it, what's really profound in those groups is the support that individuals give to each other. Yeah. And because they're often at different points in their journeys, they're able to talk about what they found useful, what they found, you know, beneficial they did and didn't do or stopped doing um which is actually probably so much more beneficial than what any any other professional can give really i think it? it's it's there's a trust in it mm. you know yeah. um but then there is that professional support in the group there as well yeah. and that sort of extra support in in terms of holding the emotional content of it mm -hmm. so you know it's very powerful um and then we have, um, if you're not, so if that's not for you, if you don't, and that's also, I think, ticks a social box in terms mm. of people's needs and needs to be understood and understood by people, you know, going through similar things. If that's what you need and the well-being um, piece isn't what you're ready to start with straight away, some of the talks, the workshops um, can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. If you're very, very stressed, you know, maybe a stress management course might just have to get you to a point um, where you're, just a little bit more able for everything mm. that's you know going to the journey ahead I guess yeah. or the challenges you know, I, I think even if you're not if there's nothing there that excites you or you think I'm not going to be into any of that it's nearly just picking anything to just dedicate and even an hour to yourself it's just to box out a bit of time for that's just for me and you put yeah. yourself first and prioritize yourself yeah. isn't and it? we actually have something else that's a nice um absolutely try it you know mm. tr I would say 
try it and, and then you tick it as a it's a yes tick or a no tick but yeah. you'll know it's your tick and you yeah. decide it for yourself yeah um but we we do have things that aren't counseling but people can talk if they want so we have a we call it a, a cup of call service but it's it's really like it's it's an out it's a call out that we make so mm. if you tell us that you want to talk to somebody you want someone that be able to listen to you because you don't want to be you don't want to be burdening which some people feel they are their family or their friends mm. or they don't really understand or mm. they're not really able to 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 hear what needs to be heard at a particular point um there is a service that we have where a volunteer will call you and it's a it's a chat it's a cup mm. of tea and a chat um in each person is in their own house mm. but it's just a chance to talk and it but it's not counseling it's not the formal sort of mm. professional counseling but it's you know if somebody wants to kind of dip their toe in the water or for people who are on their own mm. that's proving really valuable as well a lot of people are feeling very isolated because mm. of covid maybe they're not they might be living on their own or even living with their family but as i said they don't want to have that mm. um they don't want to have the deep conversations about mm-hmm. cancer and we we'll try to match people up with similar interests as well so mm-hmm. that um you know it can be a nice a nice supportive chat but it doesn't always have to be about cancer either mm. yeah that's yeah. brilliant you know, and so. i love how you mentioned earlier on just about patients who may have found secondaries and who may feel well i don't fit into that support group or i don't like I don't feel like I belong in that group but that there's options for everybody and there's actually probably a lot more people Mm. who are going through it than you realize you know because I think sometimes I can be very guilty of when somebody comes in and they're diagnosed with the breast cancer I can say oh there's this great support group but then when somebody doesn't get great news I can be I I don't always know where to refer them to Mm. or the services to tell them to go down so it's great that they can pick up the phone and they can speak to people who do know and can put them into the right groups and in touch with the right people who will be able to understand absolutely yeah and as we know a little bit about our clients as well you know when they do talk to us and they Mm. you know we know what type of cancer they have and we know what their circumstances are we're able to go back to them and suggest Mm. you know there's this course coming up next week or there's a talk or a class on that might suit you Mm -hmm. um so we're able to be that bit more proactive um proactive as well but so i think i i think there's a little bit of something in there for most people mm-hmm, absolutely um, yeah and i think it's a really good point you know Emery. it's you know try something try something and, yeah and, and i oftentimes I, in. yeah i find sometimes you know sometimes when people are hit with a cancer diagnosis it's nearly the first time they've ever had to think about themselves so oftentimes even asking people what do you think you need or what do you like doing what do you not like doing it's like sometimes people don't even know what to where to begin and what to start with you know that way so it might be the first time they're actually saying okay I'm going to try mindfulness or I'm going to try yoga and they've never tried anything for themselves they've been looking after kids and they've been minding their family and um yeah it's that's why I think sometimes it's difficult to, to know where to start but listening to you today the service is so amazing that I think anybody will find their way they just need to check in really don't they I would hope that there's something to suit mm, um, almost most people. everybody yeah. and but the only way to know what's going to suit you as an individual mm. is to to link in yeah. see what sounds interesting mm-hmm. maybe start with that but I know myself, my own resistance is often the things that I think, oh, no, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it can be the things that maybe yeah. are exactly that I need or can yeah. be most helpful. Yeah. And and the wonderful thing about, you know, if we're doing these things on Zoom as well, 
when they're not one-to-one, they're not group activities is if it's not for you, you can really just leave. You could just, yeah, you, you could know, just hang up. You can <laughs> just exit. exit. Yeah, you just click the leave button. And nobody no judgments. Nobody be offended. <laughs> um, you know, nobody. Um, to be honest, what happens after most of those classes is everybody is quite happily asleep in their, yeah. <laughs> in their chair or just relaxed into a really nice place. Yeah. So, um, you know, we try not to leave without saying goodbye either. But, yeah. you know, there's no, th- we won't be at all offended if you try something mm-hmm. and decide it's not for you. Yeah. But in the same way that I would always say to somebody, look, if you if you tried a class and you didn't like it, was it the class or was it maybe the person, if that the style of the person delivering mm-hmm. the class might have been for you. Yeah. Same with counselling, you'd always say, you know, change your counsellor before you give up counselling if you didn't feel yeah. the connection yeah. was there. It's mm-hmm. very much about finding you know what's right for you but yeah. I would say don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. yeah you know <laughs> yeah if and honor yourself and the time and like you said if you're not ready yeah. for counseling try a class and if you're yeah. not ready for groups and classes then try the counseling. if you talk you know? if you talk to your counselor and you say 10 minutes in I'm sorry I don't think this is for me mm. they'll get it they'll absolutely yeah. get it yeah some people don't join things because they worry they might cry yeah or you know the, especially in the support groups people will also say but I mean if you can't cry you know when you're where when you're you know dealing with people like our cancer support centers mm. who are here to cause, yeah. you know it's a difficult journey or when you're in a room full of people who've had other similar circumstances where can you where yeah. can you be supported yeah so what we try to offer is a really safe space mm-hmm. and always pers- okay to all of that and then absolute person puts themselves first we will try and put you first yeah. but you need to put yourself you're in charge yeah. i always say mm-hmm. if i'm doing a class you're the boss so you you know so you get to the exit button, button is always available, exit <laughs> button is also there. mute is also there yeah <laughs> Um, is there support available for um, healthcare workers who are working in oncology? Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, it's it's um, it's a demanding area for everybody that's mm-hmm. involved because it's very hard not uh, when you're when you're working with people to be impacted by you know the the stories and the journeys mm-hmm. of the clients that you're caring for. So, yes. So it's I don't think it's one of our best kept secrets, but. Um, <laughs> But most of our supports would be available to um, healthcare professionals working in the field of oncology also. And that would include the counselling service, um, any of the wellbeing classes that we have on, um, or the courses, a lot of the courses as well. For example, the carers course is a great one yeah. for looking after yourself. But we are going to put on some dedicated supports over the next month or so as well. So there will be um, there will be wellbeing classes available specifically for healthcare professionals, just so you can have that little bit of space, I suppose, from um, you know from from work, um, and and then neither you or your clients need to worry about seeing each other. Maybe in a mm. space uh, mm. where you you're, you're used to seeing each other in a clinical mm. setting. Um, sometimes you want to leave your work, mm. you know, at yeah. work when you go home. Um, and we'll also be um, running a, a group for um, oncology professions as well, which would be that sort of peer support, but professionally facilitated there to, mm. to I think, deal with a lot of the extra pressures that COVID has brought as well for mm. everybody's. Absolutely, you know, yeah. For everybody's work. I think after our conversation we had, I reflected on our conversation and was thinking about the impact it had on me. And then uh, I know you sent up a survey for us to send around to the oncology team to see if they'd be interested in extra mm. supports and stuff. And it kind of just opened up a conversation and it's it's 
once you open up the conversation because I think it's funny like as nurses we're just trained to keep going as such you know like we we I suppose we have great teams around us that we support each other and we keep going but actually after opening up the conversation the last few weeks everybody has been really affected and everybody's really tired and could definitely do with supports and I think before the pandemic it maybe was something that they might have not prioritized but it's Mm -hmm. definitely something that people are looking for and um asking for now really aren't they mm-hmm. um so yeah thank you so much we'll definitely be availing of oh, the services we'll please be letting everybody do know. because yeah. um i feel a bit silly if no one comes but um, yeah they you know, will there is you know there is that whole concern of you know vicarious trauma and mm-hmm. and also you touched on it you mentioned it earlier in relation to clients you know when you're mm-hmm. used to minding everybody else and yeah. putting everybody else needs first mm-hmm. you sort of almost your own you know come uh, poor second yeah you know, and it can be really challenging to step back mm. and say but the difference I mean we will do it sometimes ourselves at arc you know mm. if somebody's having a rough day or it's been particularly busy it's mm. like we'll sort of say okay you're signed off you're going to the relaxation class at half two on Tuesday and mm. you know you have to do you know you have to do that for yourself or, or yeah. you know we'll, we'll take part in some of the um the classes ourselves from time to time mm. when we just need that bit of beefing up and that bit of um resilience because it's just they're they're very helpful very powerful yeah and i was chatting to my brother he's um a counselor and he gets like i saw supervision you probably get it yourself and you Mm -hmm. debrief once or twice a month and i suppose as nurses we we don't get that really we do it maybe in the break room quickly but it's not a proper debrief and you proper unwind it's um it's very quick kind of snappy Mm -hmm. debriefs isn't it so or it's outside of work or it's outside of work yeah we often call each other outside of work and we had a particularly rough day there a couple of weeks ago yeah and then it was just off to go and buy dog food you know and we just (laughs) kind of caught ourselves for a second yeah we actually need to stop and just acknowledge what had happened yeah that day and just mm-hmm. take it in because it was a significant event that we mm. just you know like you said sometimes Amory, we just keep going yeah we don't stop to think about it like yeah. and we're very fortunate that we have a great group and i think a lot of oncology units do to support each other but we need to acknowledge that's not always enough you know we do need mm. extra support and i think also when you're supporting each other and you've all been through the rough day mm-hmm. you mm. need somebody sometimes who's outside of that yeah, because our you know, cups are fairly empty at that stage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody else to, you know, if you're offering that or even just reflecting back to you, because I think it can be minimized sometimes mm. as well, you know, when we're yeah. all, yeah. you know, you're getting through it and, you know, it has been, I mean, you must have had some horrendous days in mm. the last year, you mm. know, probably days that nobody ever imagined. I don't think anybody, yeah. nobody signed up for COVID-19, yeah. nobody, no, but true. certainly as as professionals in your field you certainly didn't know what was coming down the line at you and no. I thought it was really interesting on one of the the shows where they were in the hospital afterwards um and and you know somebody in intensive care and it's like well would you have gone into your area if you knew this was coming and it was probably not mm-hmm. you know so I think under duress people have done incredibly well but you can't keep at that pace, no. you know, on an ongoing basis, long term, mm. unless you're refilling your cup, Absolutely. unless you're taking the breath, you know, topping mm. yourselves up. And I think because we recognise, you know, cancer is trauma as well. And we recognise mm. just the impact that that has on everybody's lives that it touches, mm-hmm. particularly the people, you know, with the diagnosis themselves. The benefit that the supports make, mm-hmm. you know, when they do take that bit of time for themselves and they do take, 
you know, and then you just translate that across then to, to healthcare professions as well. We would hope that would also be, you know, just something else to, on the bad days, just to give you a little bit of juice to yeah. refuel, yeah. you know, <laughs> so you can go to get back at it the next day. Um, mm. Because if you don't do your work, we can't do ours. Yeah. 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 We can only do our bit. And I think, mm. you know, um, you support us really well. Mm you know as well i know a lot of oncology nurses listen to our podcast so we will definitely um put it on our social media when the events are live and they're going to be up and we certainly hope in the next um certainly hope by the end of this month Um, which is April 2021. <laughs> we'll be listening to it in a time it's capsule. Um, that it is April 2021. It's all a little bit. Of a, but um, we would have so hopefully something up and running, um, yeah. you know, by then. And and I think that provides hopefully a bit of reassurance then to our clients as well, because what happens sometimes with patients and with carers is that they start really minding the minders and minding yeah. the carers, and it's like, look, let somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like somebody else Absolutely. worry about that. There's a lot of that. Well, no, how are you? And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. fine, fine. Yeah, how are no, you? <laughs> it's, it's very Irish as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Dance <laughs> down. Are you okay? <laughs> well, this is, yeah, so maybe this is your time to, you know, let things be about you a little you yeah. know, for that couple of hours a week or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. Oh, Yvonne, thank you so much. This has been so informative. And I know that we're going to do a couple of follow-up episodes mm-hmm. um, to kind of really hone in on the different types of services that are available to give people a better idea of what's exactly involved in each different type of service. Um, is there anything Great, that you feel we you. might have left out or that you really want to mention? No, just to, just to remind people that all of our services are free. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, that is to make services accessible. Mm. Sometimes I think it might have the opposite effect in that people think, well, maybe I could afford to pay for a service. So is it for me? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you have cancer, if you have been infected by cancer because you have your own diagnosis um, or maybe you've come out of treat, you know, you've, you've done your treatment, you might be all clear, but struggling to just get your mojo back and get back into your sort of day to day. That's a very, very natural um, sort of outcome for a lot of people as well. They need a bit of support to, I suppose, find their new purpose and, and new meaning and move forwards. If you're a family member or even a close friend of somebody who's going through cancer, it's a very, very scary time. It's Mm. very, I mean, it's huge. Mm. Um, And particularly at this time during COVID, because we're so isolated from people, we can't, Mm. you know, rally around and have the support maybe in the ways that we we would have. If you're caring for somebody with cancer, if you're a healthcare professional caring for somebody with cancer, just put yourself first. Mm. Yeah. And leave the rest to us and yeah. if there's a gap in terms of what we're offering and what you feel you need tell us mm-hmm. you know and if we can't provide that service ourselves we will do our very best to you know put you in touch with somebody who can or link you in with um uh, with somebody who can um but please just everybody um you know give it a go and then decide it's not for you if, you mm-hmm. know rather than not being sure yeah um, and like you say, that first phone call is very difficult to make. Mm. We absolutely know that. But we promise we do our best to be nice and not mm. to be too scary. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and if we are, you can 
tell us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try harder tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like your service is going to get very busy when this happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially now, like you mentioned, people all over the country can access your service now that it's online, whereas that wasn't always the way before. It's, so. it's, it's, it's great. And yes, people around the country and, you know, if you have family and friends abroad and they're feeling isolated and you're going through cancer or somebody close to home is going through cancer, mm. you know, put them in touch as well. Um, there are cancer support centres around the country um and it's worth checking to see what what they can offer you as well mm-hmm. um so that when it comes to the point where you might want to walk back in the doors again you're connected in with somewhere locally but certainly all of our services are available remotely and we're very happy to support anybody who needs us mm-hmm. um you know wherever you are amazing thank listen you. thank you thank so you much. very much thank and thank so you much. for all your support for arc as well yeah, we really not at all, not at all. thanks really. for listening <laughs> to the answers for cancers podcast please share this podcast with anybody who you think it might help also if you can like and subscribe it lets people know we're here you can alternatively contact us on instagram at the answers for cancers underscore podcast and if you have any questions on anything that we discussed today please email us at the answers for cancers podcast at gmail.com or you can dm us on instagram